0: we <laughs>
1: on the campus of the University of Arkansas, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. That is fantastic. Thank you guys, and uh, we're here. With uh, Greek life and the fraternities, and we welcome now to the show Adam Greenberg. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I am uh, excited to talk to you as a member of Sigma Nu Fraternity. You're the president, and you guys do some fun stuff to raise money for charity. What do you guys do?
2: Uh, We hold our White Rose Bowl every year, and this year we're benefiting the Boys and Girls Club of Fayetteville.
1: Okay. And it's um, White Rose Rose Bowl. It's some, I'm assuming, some sort of football game. Yes, we uh, are. And I'm playing dumb because I know exactly what it is. (laughs) uh, Explain how this football game works, the White Rose Bowl.
2: Um, We have a powder puff tournament every year, so we get all the sororities uh, to come out, and this year we're going to incorporate, I think, a guys' flag football tournament in there, too. It's going to be a great time. Are you playing? Uh, I'm not playing this year. I'm going to be overseeing the event. You'll be the coach? I think so, yeah.
1: Okay, you need uh, a clipboard and a tie, and if you lose, I want you to throw the clipboard. Absolutely. Everybody will love it. <laughs> that's, that's what coaches do. Okay, so it's the. how about digital properties? Can we look this up on a Facebook page or um, Google
2: it? Yes, uh, uh, we'll be tweeting out all the details on our Twitter account, Sigma Nu, uh, at University of Arkansas. And the benefits, uh, benefits who? The Boys and Girls Club of Fayetteville. Boys and
1: Girls Club of Fayetteville, and have you worked with them in the past? Um, This is your sort of philanthropy that you do in the area. Is that your national fraternity too?
2: Uh, Our national fraternity philanthropy is the Wounded Warrior Project, but this year we wanted to really keep things local and really give back to the Boys and Girls Club because they've done a lot for us in the past few years.
1: All right. Well, that's inspiring to me to hear, and all of our listeners at home, that there are uh, gentlemen out there that are getting involved in their community. Just uh, reminds everybody to get off your couch and make this place a better planet. All right, Adam. Let's have a round of applause for Adam and everybody here at the University of Arkansas. Thanks for hosting the Adam Rich Show.
0: The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy.
1: Fayetteville, Arkansas, home to the University of Arkansas, the Razorbacks, and we're here with a Razorback now, Cole Anthony. Mr. Anthony, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm honored and proud to be here with you on the University of uh, Arkansas campus. Um, Do you know the history of the Razorback and how long
2: that's been the mascot, by the way? I mean, is this something you have to know to be a student here? I uh I don't know that I could tell you the the year that it kind of happened but the story behind it was um Arkansas kind of been a rural state with the the farming background and and it started um probably before the turn of the century and there were just a bunch of pig farmers at a game one day and and started <laughs> calling calling or cheering in the stands like they like they called the hogs on their farm, and it, it just kind of stuck. It
1: stuck. Well, I, have you ever uh, worn the, the plastic Razorback hat with the sponge uh, inlay? You know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, I, I have worn one. Um, when I first decided to come to the University of Arkansas, my family went out and found one as a gift, and so it's I've got it set up in my room oh, yeah. more as a display than, those, than something they those get are, worn.
1: Those are vintage, and I, I when I was a little kid, that's the first exposure I had at the University of Arkansas was that Razorback hat. My aunt, my aunt Judy had one and I have no idea. She went to uh, college in the Midwest. I have no idea why she had that hat. She probably just thought it was cool, yeah. just like uh, you have it on display. So anyway, uh, there's your setup for the University of Arkansas. We're here to talk about leadership and philanthropy, giving back to your community. Uh, Cole is a member of a fraternity on campus. Uh, it is Kappa Alpha, correct? Yes, sir. You are uh, the president of the chapter at uh, a young age, really.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um, had the opportunity this year to be elected by uh, the rest of members of my chapter to, to serve as president as a sophomore.
1: And uh, so just a few days ago, a few hours ago, you were a freshman. I mean, how, how uh,
2: what were the seniors thinking electing you? Um, I mean, I, I I guess it's one of the biggest honors that I've seen is that um, when it came time for elections in, in early November, they thought I was the best person to do it, only having been in the house for. Uh, not much more than a year.
1: Well, it's inspiring and it's a great reminder that uh, you don't have to be a senior even in uh, outside of the college world uh, in your company. You don't have to be senior executive upper management to be a leader. Uh, If you've been at your job for a year, you can still be a leader. Um, that's a great reminder. So thank you for that, Cole. And uh, moving on now to one of my favorite parts of talking to college guys like you is learning about your philanthropies, a lot of money and uh, awareness uh, on college campuses because you guys are so fun and creative. What do you guys do to raise money or, or awareness for who?
2: Yeah, um, so our national philanthropy for KA is the Muscular Dystrophy Association, um, which is one of the premier organizations that, that finances the research um, and, and patient well-being uh, for those suffering from neuromuscular diseases. Um, here at the University of Arkansas, later this spring semester, uh, we have our third annual K Crawfish boil that we're going to do here on Old Man Lawn. Um, it's a cool tradition to, to get people together, um, hopefully have some music, some good food, um, to come together to support the, the fight against neuromuscular disease. Okay, and for how much and what do I get in my crawfish boil? Yeah, so if if you'd like to come, we have five dollar tickets um for all you can eat crawfish. Oh, okay. Um and this year we're also we're working on a letter writing campaign um that if you want to reach out um, and donate but you can't make it here to Fayetteville, um we've got a way for you to get involved too. Our goal this year is to raise sixteen thousand dollars, um which would be the largest single donation to to Muscular Dystrophy, Dystrophy Association. Um, by any K chapter.
1: Eight. Oh, that's great. 16 grand. That's a great goal. And uh, I, I won't be able to make it probably, but I, I want to get involved with this letter writing thing. Is there, is there a um, Facebook page, a website where, where we can do that and, and then donate uh, off campus, I guess?
2: Yeah, we actually have a, a GoFundMe page um, uh, and a link that, that I can give. Um, send out, we'll put it on on our social media um, and hopefully some of the, the Arkansas IFC social media. Um, And yeah, GoFundMe is just an online page where you can go um, donate any amount of money um, to the cause. We know that even the littlest amount can go a long way. um, Yeah. So everything counts.
1: Okay. Well, uh, before I let you go off mic, I'll get that web address and we'll put the GoFundMe URL on adamrichshow.com. So our listeners can go to adamrichshow.com when you go listen to this episode. Uh, this conversation with Cole, you'll be able to see the link, click on it, throw some bucks in there if you can't make the crawfish bake. Uh, Cole Anthony is our guest. He's the president of KA at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, the Razorbacks, um, the IFC you're part of, the Interfraternity Council, about 15 chapters on campus. What do you guys do as a whole to make this community better?
2: Yeah, so the big thing, um, we do try to, to work on our unity as, as an IFC, and so we, we try really hard to get around to each other's philanthropy events. Um, but then this year, we're also coming together um, as one group, and we're working on a Habitat for Humanity house um, for a family here in Fayetteville that, that could really use the help. That is great. Um, for our listeners, and really, I have to admit, for me,
1: uh, I've heard Habitat for Humanity a thousand times. What, what exactly uh, beyond outside of this general idea I have of guys getting together and building a house for somebody that
2: needs it is that simply what it is um, for the most part yeah so we've we've worked hard on on the background side of of helping to raise the funds for it um, and then um, just this fall we went and, and actually broke ground and are now uh, in the process of of constructing that house uh, to get it done for a family that so that Someday, here soon, they can, they can have a place to call their own and, and a roof over their heads.
1: That is great to hear. It's so inspiring for uh, me at my age and this generation that I'm in now to hear that there are guys your age that are giving back to their community. That's inspiring. It makes me want to give back to my community, too. Um, Cole Anthony is our guest, and we thank you for the Arkansas hospitality. Before we let you go, your uh, favorite part of this campus, I guess let's help out there in missions for our listeners across the country that maybe don't know anything about Arkansas. What would you tell
2: them to make them want to come to Arkansas? I mean, it's, it's kind of the total package. Um, here at the University of Arkansas, we're working really hard to become a top 50 research institution, which means that you're going to come and, and get a great education to to help set you up for for the great rest of your life. Um, but then you also have, have plenty of the fun side. Um, we're an SEC school, and, and so you know that football and, and sports are big. And then we're right here nestled in the, the heart of the Ozark Mountains that – We're never more than 10 or 15 minutes from uh, someplace to go hike or or just get outdoors and, and enjoy this beautiful scenery here in northwest Arkansas.
1: He's Cole Anthony, University of Arkansas. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. We're in the worldwide headquarters of The Adam
1: Rich Show inside the studio with Jenny Chando. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back.
3: Hey, good afternoon. Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about fitness. You uh, Just to reset for our listeners, you're a fitness expert as well as, uh, and this is a totally bonus, you're a, a, a world-famous television journalist for the Fox Network.
3: <laughs> world-famous. I don't know about that, but yes. World, well, I, yeah. You're, my, uh, we're
1: recognized all over the place, my, aren't you?
3: Yeah. Uh, my job is as a morning news anchor and journalist, reporter, um, you know, all, all things included.
1: So what we're going to do today is, is talk a little fitness. I want to learn more. But It's 5K season. People are training. People are getting ready to get out and get some fresh air and run a 5K. Uh, and we love 5Ks because most, if not all of them, are for charity. So... Uh, if you can, start with a little 5K advice for me. You know, I get out, I try I try to stretch, I don't stretch that much. 5K, it's not the end of the world, it's only three miles. Uh, what's your advice right. for a guy like me?
3: Yeah, 5Ks are awesome because yeah, it kind of introduces people to the world of running, jogging, walking, just being active in general. It's a nice... Uh, it's a nice distance too, because if people think, okay, I've got, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to work out, you're going to be able to get a 5k done in that amount of time. So they're fantastic. What I would recommend usually is if somebody, even if somebody had been, you know, jogging or running for a long time, it's nice to follow a training program of some sort. It doesn't have to, I mean, it's, it's a 5k, you know, any, most people can kind of get through it, but it's nice if you have that as a goal, if you're thinking, okay, I want to up my fitness level and I'm going to train for such and such 5k in a couple months. It's nice to come up with a training program of some sort. So for some people that'll mean walking, for some people, that'll be running, and for some people, that will be running it faster than they've done it before. So, um, I uh, actually the Mayo Clinic is uh, has a really really nice training program, and what it does is it tells you when to walk, when to jog, when to run, and when to rest, which is the most important thing, um, because the last thing you want to do when you're just getting into a training program is get injured you know, it's almost, it's just so common that people are really excited and they're really overzealous and they're like, I'm going to run this 5k and I'm going to dominate and I'm going to beat my friends and beat my mom and dad or beat my kids, you know, and, and then they get into it and they're running every single day and not taking time to stretch, like you said, and not taking recovery. So the stretch is really important. Um, I think we've discussed this before how it's really controversial when people should stretch. There's a new research that comes out every year that indicates stretch before or stretch after. Um, I typically with clients will, have them do a real easy warm up. So, um, that warm up usually want it to be about 10% of what the length of the run is going to be, if that makes sense. So, uh-huh. you know, five, 10 minutes for, for a 5K training. Um, and, and then you can start in on your run. I you typically have people stretch afterward and also stretch indoors if possible. So, if you're running outside, I mean, some places right now are still really cold. It's still really cold outside. So, get to a place when you're going to stretch. Um, maybe if, you know, if you can, if it's really cold outside, if you can come back in and stretch inside just so that you're not cooling down at a rapid rate. But that stretch is going to be important. And the reason why is just because you're building muscle, you're building strength as you're Running and as you're going, the more strength that you build, the more likely you are to have some sort of injury because your muscles are tighter. So it's sort of a a catch twenty two. But I always you can if you feel like stretching before, then that is fine too. But I always advocate stretching afterward. But and then also, like I said, I'll post that um, Mayo Clinic training program because I really uh, I've looked at so many different ones, and this one just has an appropriate amount of rest and recovery time, and it even has a program for people who have never run before or or ne- you know never done that before because C- it can sound a little bit daunting. You know, three mm-hmm. three 3.1 miles um, for somebody who's never done that before, but it's so doable. It is so doable. So it's kind of nice because you can do that. You can run, you know, run around your neighborhood for free. If you've got access to a treadmill, you can do that too if it's still a little snowy and icy outside of where you live. Um, but that pre- training program is going to kind of set you up so that it's not a huge task ahead of you, and you can just kind of go little by bit.
1: And you're telling me that stretching is important. <laughs> I, I'm grimacing hearing I you know, say I, that I because... Know. Whenever I run, and I am no great runner, I'll I'll go five th- k is my limit, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'll go in my you. neighborhood and I'll run you. three miles. It takes me a half an hour. It's mm-hmm. three ten minute miles. Yep. But I'm from the mindset that I don't want to take five minutes to stretch before I start. And when I'm done, I'm done. And I go in the house, I shower, I'm done. So. I hear you. Um, is it that important? You're killing me. I have to stretch?
3: It is. it is. You have to stretch. You you have to stretch. Yes, you have to stretch. Although, or, or our next topic is going to be, Jenny, what do I do now that Adam's hurt? Yes. Well, Adam, you stay at home and you do nothing. You ice and heat and rest and recover and, you know get, lose all I the guess. progress you just made. You don't have to stretch before. And, and again, like I said, a lot of, uh, I'm certified through the American council on exercise. Uh, I follow many of, you know, their philosophies, but there are so many different stretching philosophies out there, but I do say you need to stretch at least afterward.
1: Well, I hear you. Okay. And that makes uh, a little sense. And, from my novice point of view i would I would say stress on um, stretching before you run, but i'm learning now you you want me to stretch after I run
3: because especially because fi- a five k runner typically is going to be running outside, so the weather conditions can be it can be a little bit cold, and like I said, if you've got an injury or if you have you know if you if you feel like there's something in your body that you needs to be stretched out, but stretching a cold muscle it's almost like okay, so you know um I'm trying to think of the name of that like a Gumby. Okay. You remember Gumby? I don't know. Do kids still oh, have yeah. Gumby? Sure. Okay. So Gumby, while he is regular Gumby, it's like you can bend him and stuff and he's awesome. But have you ever put Gumby in hot water? Yeah. He gets even more awesome. He gets even more <laughs> bendy. So that's sort of like your body. Like you're warming up your core temperature, you're warming up your muscles and then they stretch in a much more fluid way. Okay. It's like when you warm up food and it all kind of melts out. Like it's a lot easier to stretch your body that way. Like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say if somebody really loves stretching beforehand, that's awesome. But I'm always about efficiency and in terms of being efficient and increasing your flexibility. You want to do it once you're a little bit warm as opposed to going out into, you know, what we've got now, 30, 40 degree temperatures in some parts of the country and stretching and, and, you know, and then running and then getting hot and then cold and then not stretching at all. You want to do it while you're warm, like fluid Gumby.
1: And if you're too tired to run, just play with a Gumby. That'll be That's
3: fine, perfect. too. Yes, that's totally fine.
1: Our guest is Jenny Anchando, fitness expert. We're talking 5K, and now let's say you're a little more expert, uh, and you've done a couple 5Ks under your belt, and then it's half marathon season, 13.1 miles. Uh, what do you say about the 13.1-er?
3: Okay, the 13.1 is awesome. However, I, I caution about this. There are so many studies uh, that have been done that really um, can indicate some some. Being injury prone if you're doing a lot of these. Now, some people are runners; they were made to run. That's what their body, you know, was made to do, and it can work really well with them. I just caution people if they are somebody who starts to notice some joint pain or starts to notice, you know, I've gosh, I'm getting shin splints, I'm getting injuries on my knees. Sure, if you really want, if you have to do that as your goal, if this, if you are passionate about the running, do it. There are just there's a lot of other options out there in, in terms of fitness. I'm not by any means discouraging people from doing it. I've done it myself. However, I don't. I don't do a real long event like that more than once a year because this body has to last me for a long time. And it's a lot of pounding. You know, it it really is. I mean, you always want to think about longevity and you want to think about, um, you know, I mean, look look at the injuries that that professional athletes have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, later on in life. They're not running marathons. They're not running half marathons. So think about your longevity and, and really pay attention to your body. There is, I mean, you do that, but for what? You know, to prove to somebody, to prove to yourself, I get that. That's the same reason why I've done it. I don't love running, but I do want to have a healthy heart, healthy lungs, uh, you know, and and overall feel like my body is functioning properly. But as soon as you start noticing an injury, you have to take that as a cue. It's a lot to put on the body. The other thing with that is you really, it's really recommended that you follow a training program too, specifically with a group. Because when you have a group and maybe a a coach, and often these are volunteer coaches too, Um, YMCAs often have very low-cost training programs or even free training programs, and those are all over the country. Um, But as long as you have that coach there, that person can help you sort of recognize when that injury is coming. And also, you know, maybe scale back on it. You don't want to think, okay, I'm going to be running 13.1 miles and you don't ever get up to 13.1 miles in your training. So you may do that maybe once or twice, but it's not like you have to run it all the time. Mm-hmm. You, you typically will do two, three days during the week of shorter runs and do those a little bit faster because you're working on sort of getting your cardiovascular health up and getting your speed up. Then on the weekend, most people will do that as their long run, their endurance run. So it'll go week by week by week. Mayo Clinic also has a, a training schedule for that if you don't want to do it with a group. But I do recommend um, you know doing that with a group just because for safety reasons you're going to be outside Most likely, um, you know, just cars and such traffic, somebody to keep you company and then also somebody to watch out for those injuries because um, there's no sense in, you know, proving, hey, I can run this distance if it's going to be, you know, to the, uh, what's the word, Uh, detriment of your own body.
1: Run with a group so that when you get halfway out and you want to stop and quit, somebody Somebody. else will have a cell phone and they can call a cab for you.
3: Oh my gosh, Jenny has passed out on the side of the road, and I tell you what—in all honesty, I have—I have done that. um, I have done a a half marathon where I did not train, where I was like, well, you know, I mean, I was doing other endurance activities, and I survived. It was fine. If a client did that, I would not be happy with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've, you know, I experiment just like everybody experiments. I wanted to see what would happen. It was not enjoyable. I got through it and you couldn't
1: walk for a week.
3: Right, right. But it's like, but, but for what? So, I mean, you know, that was a while back. So you, you learn from those things. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's like now I tell clients that sort of cautionary tale. It wasn't fun. You want it to be enjoyable. You want it, you know, you want fitness to be enjoyable. You don't want to leave it saying, I am never running this stupid thing again. So
1: I can tell you from experience. I mentioned earlier that I I go 5k. That's my limit now. Mm -hmm. The reason is because I went through that Phase about ten years ago, where I got all uppity and wanted to run marathons, and I did two marathons. And, and the first one was fine. The second one, I hurt my hip, mm-hmm. and it took—I mean, a year and a half to be able to just go to sleep at night, yes. let alone go run a mile. Yes. And now here, I think seven years since that horrific marathon I tried. That ruined my hip. Right. I, I can only go three miles now. And, and, and actually when I don't when like
3: it... you anymore having heard that you did a marathon, right? It's like I wouldn't have never even known. It's like it's like for what do we do these things?
1: Yeah. I it was <laughs> I wish I could go back and not run that second one so that I could go no, run a, a 10k moderate. right now yeah. cuz I can't go more than 3 miles right now before that hip bothering me.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know that's a very true story and like I said for some, some people are really made for that. Um, I'm not. That long distance running. <laughs> I am not either. I mean if people saw me you know 5'2" sort of built like a football player, uh you know, like compact version, but yeah, so so long distances don't really suit my body in particular. So, you know, every once in a while, sure, push it, do it if you don't get hurt. You know, you know, then then you keep going, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good you know thing to tell people because, um, you know, sometimes just short and efficient is and, a little bit and better. And like you
1: said, you, this body's got to last you your whole yeah. life. So now I'm thinking, okay, when I'm 70, I'm I'm not I'm gonna ha- I won't be able to live on a two story house because of that stupid <laughs> right. marathon I ran in 2003. <laughs> uh, Jenny and Chando is our guest fitness expert. I saw on your website, Jennyandchando.com, where you're gonna post the uh, fitness yes. training for the 5K yes. as well. I'll Jenny, probably
3: actually, post it on my fitness Facebook page because I have easier access to that. If you okay. just search on Facebook, Jenny and Chando Fitness.
1: Okay, Jenny and Chando Fitness on Facebook. Yes. Search that out for the training program. Jenny and Chando, thank you so much for coming on again. We look forward to having We bring you on as a regular guest. You're, you're a member of the show now. I well, hope you know that. Thank you.
3: Thank you, and congratulations on your show being all over the place now, by the way.
1: Thank you. Yes, we're, we're keeping uh, picking up markets, and we're uh, now nationally syndicated, so uh, it's due to a lot of your efforts, too. So thank you so much for coming on. Jenny and Chando on Facebook and on Twitter. It's at Jenny. Jenny A. Fox 4.
3: Yes, and also it's Don't Forget to Stretch.
1: Uh <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I, I already go, forgot. I
3: couldn't go. I couldn't go without this reminder and you know I'll check up again next time on you.
0: Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show.
1: And the show rolls on with a special guest, the head coach of Eastern Kentucky football. This is Coach Dean Hood. Hi, Dean. How are you? Good. How you doing, Adam? I am uh, fantastic and I want to thank you for your hospitality. I, I got to hang out with your players today here in Richmond Kentucky and here's some of the initiatives going on we talked with a player about working uh, with an orphanage in uh, Haiti and I also uh, had my interest um, tweaked and piqued by you as you talked about the authentic man did I say that
4: right is that one of your initiatives well yeah I mean that's our number one initiative I mean our goal here is to win championships, there's no question about that, but our purpose as a coaching staff is to use football as a platform to help these guys reach authentic manhood. And
1: uh, not to uh, let too many cats out of the bag, but you did mention, and I totally agree with you, that there's a lot of problems in our country um, that are, I guess, born from the fact that there are a lot of men out there that aren't being gentlemen, they're not being great dads, they're not being um, great citizens in their community. So if we can get that
4: message across to young men across the country, that will make everybody's life better. Yeah, no question. I mean, you you fix the man, you fix the world. And so, uh, you know, that's one of our... Uh, I mean, that is our number one purpose is to help these guys, you know, someday be a good husband, a good dad, a good neighbor, a leader in this community. That's, you know, really important to us, and that's our number one, you know, purpose as football coaches. And you've been coaching here how many years now? 2008 was our first season.
1: Okay, so that's – you've got several seasons under your belt. And when yeah. you talk about uh, turning young boys into gentlemen, um, let me just put you on the spot, top of your head. Uh, give us a success story of a guy who came through your program. Uh, maybe he's 30 years old now, somewhere on the other side of the country, but uh, he exemplifies
4: the authentic man. You know, that that is the the reward. You know, it's, it's not that a uh, guy went on to play in the NFL, though we're proud of those kids. It's not, you know, our record. It's not the scoreboard. It's when we get that, that letter in the mail, you know, that phone call, uh, that, hey, coach, you know, the uh, Song of Solomon retreat that we went on, you know, and I wrote that letter talking about – how from this point on I'm gonna stay sexually pure until my wedding night and then handing that to my you know bride and coach that meant so much to her and you know that that's you know that's a powerful thing when you get things like that back or somebody talking about how they're using our Core values. You know, we had we had uh, one of our young men talk about how he's using one of his core values at at the business where he's at, and, and he has all his employees. You know, memorize the core values like we did here at Eastern, or do our mental training program. You know, which is part of our character development. Hear him talk about, I'm um, I'm doing that at, at work. You know, or doing that with their family. You know, there's a lot of kids that have. Uh, you know, now gone on and they've got children of their own and and talk about how they're doing some of the things we did in the program with them but they're doing it with their own children.
1: Now I've heard you mention uh, to your players about their character um, that you're not necessarily worried about it because that's how you recruit them. You're looking for obviously good football players but even more so maybe you're looking for guys with with even better character. Um, How do you know which 17 year old kid has that character do you look in their eyes are you psychic I mean is this a,
4: a sixth sense no you, you don't know for sure I mean just like with a, you, you evaluate a young man as a football player and you think he's going to come and start for you or play as a sophomore or whatever I mean you're you're you investigate it you know you evaluate it you do the best job you can but you're still rolling the dice and and we miss but we ask all the right questions you know our our recruiting philosophy is CAF character academics and football and so we got a list of questions that we ask for each one of those categories and we ask you know we ask the coach we ask the principal we ask the the, the gal in the cafeteria and you know we ask those character questions about that kid and if there's any red flags we go on to the next person so we recruit character academics in football and when they get here we we develop those I think a lot of people drop the ball you know they they recruit a good football player and a kid that maybe can handle college work and then they get here and he he's got a program for lifting weights to get stronger he's got you know drill work he does to be a better football player he's got his you know Bratsky Center where he goes down and gets his study hall hours in he's got tutors he's got that but in you know, teams, programs are doing nothing. Well, you know, you, you showed us all the, all the clips and you watch ESPN ticker. Guys aren't getting eliminated because they can't run fast or, uh, you know, they don't have technical skills or knowledge. They're getting eliminated because of character choices. So, you know, we're going to work on that every single day and have a, a plan and a program in place for it, just like we do with, you know, strength training or football or academics. Well, we like to, uh, on this show,
1: you know, sports imitates real life. Uh, something you just said about talking to the lunch lady. I mean, you're recruiting a, a kid to play college football. You talk to the lunch lady. That jumped out at me. Uh, for the rest of us, uh, normal people that aren't playing college football, you've got to really be on your toes and be a gentleman, be nice, be, uh, be Christ-like. Uh, When you are talking to anybody, from your boss to the lunch lady, because you never know who's going to go behind the scenes to find out about your character, and talk to the lunch lady who's like, you know what, that guy is uh, so nice and and well-loved by everybody, but he treats me like dirt. So you've got to be... You've got to have great character in every facet of your life, even when people aren't watching because you never know who's going to follow up and find out that you're really a jerk to the lunch lady. No. That could be a title of a book, Don't Be a Jerk to the Lunch Lady, <laughs> by Coach Dean Hood, Eastern <laughs> Kentucky Football. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll ghost ride it with you, All and we'll, right. we'll put that sucker well, yeah, out there on Amazon and see who buys yeah, it. Yeah, well, you put your name on I might sell a few books. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Dean Hood at Eastern Kentucky is our uh, guest, uh, the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Uh, what conference? We're in Ohio
4: Valley Conference.
1: Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, I love the stadium. Big giant side of concrete. There's like a, actual uh, rooms inside the. They use them as classrooms, right, inside the stadium.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We, we've got all kinds of rooms over there that you know ROTC uses, and several okay. other you know areas of the campus use that for for classroom settings.
1: And if you've been here since '08, you know there's a level of success and. Um, I guess job security, you know, so I don't know what, do you know what the average uh, tenure is for a head college football coach? No,
4: I know. If, I, I don't know, but those two words don't go together. They don't job, go together Job security and college football no, coach. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, if you look at the NFL players, it's three and a half years to play in the NFL to be a head football coach in college. I don't know what it is, but you've had to exceed the average. He's an authentic man, Dean Hood, head coach, Eastern Kentucky football. Can't thank you enough for your time, and I want to wish you the best of luck here at Eastern Kentucky. Yep, thanks, Adam. And that's our show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go to the website, adamritzshow.com, and help us out by contributing to the Lupus Foundation of America.
0: The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this for broadcast, I including I how to hear to this show on a station in your city, ten. visit adamritzshow.com. Uh, you know,
4: national championships in the national championship game, you know, twice. Uh, you know, we've had guys that have been, uh, you know, first-round draft picks. We've had guys that have played. Uh, we've got, a, got a, a, you know, a guy that played in the Col- for the Colts there, Chad Bratsky, who our, who our academic center is named after. Chad Bratsky was a, you know, fifth-round pick by the Giants and then traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I think I think he finished second, you know, one year in sacks to a silly little guy named Reggie White. You know, so, you know, we've got guys that got Super Bowl rings. You know, Myron Guyton, Danny Copeland. Uh, we got guys like John Jackson with the highest paid offensive lineman in, in football, you know, one year when he went from the Steelers to the, to the Chargers, you know. So, I mean, we've got a ton of guys in the NFL, got current guys, you know. we got uh, Derek Hardman, you know, right now is, is in a camp. Pat Ford's in camp, you know, mm-hmm. offensive, two offensive linemen that we're real proud of. Uh, you know, and, and recent success uh, has not been as, as good as our, our overall success, but still since 2008 we've got more conference wins in any school in our league and uh, and two championships to show for it. So, and you know, our kids have done pretty well and, and we got a real good group this year, so we're looking forward to it.
1: That's fantastic to uh, hear from Coach Dean Hood at Eastern Kentucky and I've got a guess, I'm just going to take a guess, since your uh, football knowledge puts you in the head coaching position, you've had to have played, and just judge, our radio listeners can't see you, but uh, you're not exactly an offensive lineman size guy. <laughs> I'm going to guess you
4: played defensive back uh, in the early '80s in uh, college. Yeah, pre- pretty close. I was 80. Uh, let's see, 86 was my last year playing, so I guess 82 in high school, 83 to 86 I played college, and I was yeah I was too I was too uh, too uh, small to play linebacker, and I was I was too slow to play you know, corner or half field safety. So they, I was a rolled down, cover three, strong safety at a division three school. Okay, and, great, and what college was that? Ohio Westland.
1: Ohio Westland, all yeah. right. And yeah. then, uh, so just curious now, um, after you
4: get out of college, how'd your coaching career take you to Eastern Kentucky? Oh, just uh, an amazing, you know, journey. Just bless the people that I've been around. Just uh, unreal, really. I, I uh, you know, I've worked for uh, Rich Rodriguez, you know, before Rich Rodriguez was Rich Rodriguez at mm-hmm. Glenville State College. Yeah, you know, in he West was, Virginia. Yeah, he was the youngest head coach in America when he was at Salem. You know, college at, at 23 years old. I worked for him at Glenville and. Um, you know, a couple stops before that, obviously, but get, get too long-winded. Uh, but then, you know, went from there to here as an assistant for, for Roy Kidd and, uh, you know, legendary. Uh, even before he quit, I mean, there's not too many guys that have their facility named after him and they're still coaching. You know, that's mm-hmm. been Roy Kidd Stadium for a lot of years, and, and he was still coaching and what was named after him. The FCS Coach of the Year, I mean, in, in all of 1AA, all of FCS football, if you're the Coach of the Year, you, you get the Roy Kidd Award, you know, so I'll let you know, you know his legend. Okay. and so I was an assistant coach for for Coach Kidd, and then uh, I got on with Jim Grobe at Ohio University, and uh, and then followed Coach Grobe to Wake Forest. So you want to talk about three, uh, in my mind, greats in the business, and learn different things from each one of them, and all.